What is up, guys? You're listening to another episode of the Imperial Broadcast. I'm your host, Shamari Stewart, joined, as always, by my co-host, Kendall Stewart. Kendall, what do we got this week? Yeah, Shamari, we have what was a pretty jam-packed week in the uh, Star Wars community, the Star Wars industry. Um, There's plenty of news on the movie side. Um, Episode 9, obviously, is coming out. 2019 December of 2019 but we have some reports on maybe what that movie may be like for Lucasfilm or from what that movie will be like for Lucasfilm from their perspective um obviously the director of that movie J.J. Abrams and we have some what could be potentially huge news for his future with Star Wars and with Disney um and then there's also a lot of video game news, animation news, um, and there's a rumor out there that we could be seeing a very, very major character from the original trilogy, from the entire trilogy, if you know what I mean, um, that could be, be that could be returning in Episode Nine. So we'll have that rumor for you guys as well. So, uh, you're right. I mean, we have, we've got a lot of good stories, um, uh, here. And, uh, the first one that we've got for you guys is having to do with, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi himself, you know, McGregor. Um, so, uh, this story is surrounding you McGregor, not necessarily Obi-Wan, though it may lead people to to draw certain conclusions about Obi-Wan. So Ewan McGregor was recently cast to play Black Mask in um a recent in a DC movie that is coming out soon. It's called Birds of Prey. Um Black Mask is a Batman villain. So um uh it's it's it should be an interesting role to see him play. Um but it kind of leads you to um it kind of makes you wonder about what is going on with um Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, and um, Lucasfilm because uh, he we basically just hearing that he's been cast in this role uh, so he's going to be doing that for the time being we don't know if he's been in contact with Lucasfilm uh, we know that the Boba Fett movie is on hold for the time being we know that episode 9 is going to come out and then that uh, Benioff and Weiss are going to be working on something right after that. We don't know what else is happening. Um, but now we're hearing that Ewan is working on something else. So um, it kind of makes you think that um, maybe they're just not talking to him. Maybe they're not interested in doing an Obi-Wan movie. I mean, I would hope that that's not the case, of course. Um, but it leads people to, you know, question and wonder why isn't he, why? Because, I mean, we've been questioning for several years now. Why isn't he working on Obi-Wan? Why aren't um, we hearing anything? He said repeatedly, very publicly, that he's interested in, in playing this character. Um, uh, but for whatever reason, we, uh, we can't get that to happen. So um, uh, it's good news. Uh, I, I think it's good news whenever I hear Hugh McGregor's cast as anything. But um, because he's a great actor. But it is unfortunate when, you know, we're all kind of waiting for this movie to come out. And there doesn't seem to be that much interest on the side of Lucasfilm or Hollywood to actually make this happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this 
Black Mass News. I mean, it could be just mutually exclusive and they could have nothing to do with each other. But I can't help but think that the timing of this Black Mask news kind of acts as a nail in the coffin for Obi-Wan coming out anytime soon. You know, we had... for I mean, obviously, for about four years, we've been asking for a Kenobi movie. Um, We finally got actual sourced reporting that that movie was officially happening um like what was that last year it got announced or reported yeah i believe it was last year um and this year we haven't heard much about the movie but it seemed like we got a director and you know they were talking about you know getting locations and people were you know george lucas was scouting out uh, sets in Ireland for Kenobi. At least that was a assumption. But after Solo came out, and now after this news about this Disney, these Star Wars movies being put on hold, and uh, Boba Fett being dead, all that, all that news. If you just interpret that as context clues for what is the future of Obi Wan, it suggests that this Kenobi movie is also probably on hold, if not dead. Um, what also suggests that is that we those, that movie was never officially announced. Um, same as Boba Fett. Those movies were both reported and assumed to be happening by everybody. But Lucasfilm and Star Wars never came out and said, uh, we have a Kenobi movie coming out starring Ewan McGregor. Never said that about Boba Fett. Did say it about the Ryan Johnson movies. Did say it about Benioff and Weiss and their Game of Thrones uh, style movies. But I haven't said anything about Obi-Wan. So they can never come out with Obi-Wan and it wouldn't, they wouldn't be lying. They wouldn't have been lying. They wouldn't have quote unquote canceled the movie. It would just be that whatever happened behind the scenes fell apart. But yeah, my guess is that this is kind of bad news. This is very much bad news if you wanted to see Obi-Wan in the next three years. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that assessment. I mean, I think that's a pretty safe bet at this point. Um, though I honestly would have come to that conclusion anyway, just because I've heard nothing from Lucasfilm, from Lucasfilm um, regarding this movie. Um, nothing. No, no reports of, oh yes, that's, that's something we're interested in. It's just been nothing. The only thing I've heard is Hidalgo talking about how why would anyone want to see Obi Wan um, play with rocks in the desert or whatever, like or whatever, or whatever he said. That's the only thing I've heard from anyone from Lucasfilm regarding this Obi Wan movie. So that's not very encouraging, um, and I don't know. It's just it's still mind boggling to me that they're that they're not taking this idea seriously, or that they can't come up with an idea for this movie. I don't know why it, I don't think it should, it should be as hard as they're making it. Like, I think this is a softball, honestly. Um, but we'll see how this story develops. I mean, you McGregor is super talented. I'm looking forward to that birds of prey movie and seeing him play black mask. Um, hopefully his performance in that movie will wake them up and say, Oh yeah, this guy's a great actor. Let's cast him in Obi-Wan. <laughs> so we can yeah, all have, really? our, yeah, we can yeah. all have our fingers crossed for that. Um, uh, for that to happen soon. Um, so we've got some news 
regarding episode nine. Um, so uh, we're hearing some stuff. Um, uh, we're hearing reports that episode nine um, is apparently meant to be a uh, course correction, which is uh, uh, which is. Uh, very drastic frame that's very drastic uh verbiage <laughs> right. uh to be used <laughs> when referring to star wars episode nine that's exactly what um no one would want to hear about the movie but considering you know the reaction um to the last jedi and to solo um i wouldn't say it's needed but I would say that having that kind of mindset is not is not ridiculous, you know, uh, just from a marketing perspective and from the perspective of someone that is paying attention to what the fans are saying about their movies. You know, they, they kind of need to uh, do something, you know, to get to get people back on board. I mean, they still got a lot of fans, of course, but um, it's not generating the type of excitement that was generated even after episode seven, which I you know a good portion of people had took issue with um if you know for for a good reason uh but it wasn't the same with uh episode eight and then solo so this is uh um uh so this is something that is uh uh this is i don't know this is something that that is apparently this is this is uh the um this is how they're viewing episode nine and um uh i don't uh i don't really fault them for it personally yeah i mean we saw that solo was was a movie that has really hurt lucasfilm and disney's bottom line it's hurt their plan and strategy for how they were going to roll out star wars movies um and I mean, we always talk about it. We've talked about it in the podcast a lot that it started with Last Jedi being underwhelming. That was kind of the start of the downward spiral of Lucasfilm. And then, not surprisingly, it continued with Solo. Uh, honestly, Solo was better than I think a lot of us expected it to be. Uh-huh. Um, but still underperformed uh, and continued the trend of. Uh, underwhelming Star Wars movies and underperforming Star Wars movies. So, I mean, Lucasfilm is right to look at, uh, and Disney's right to for to look at Episode Nine as a course correction type of movie because that, I mean, <laughs> it has to be the course correction movie. You know, it's similar to, like, Wonder Woman. When Wonder Woman came out, we talked a lot about how, like, this has to be the movie that kind of turns the ship around. I didn't think it would be. I thought Justice League was going to be that movie. I was dead wrong on that. Um, Because Wonder Woman was great and Justice League was very much like the rest of the DCEU movies uh, (laughs) around that time. But, um, yeah, Lucasfilm and Disney need this Episode Nine movie to work, um, which is why they brought back J.J. Abrams. Uh, You know, there's, there's a lot of controversy i mean not too much controversy but there there are definitely people out there that aren't sure about the idea of bringing back jj abrams again but they're 
their their mindset clearly was he's the safest pick and he's the guy that can get us back to where we were before episode eight, which was very positive after the Force Awakens. Obviously, the movie that movie was also fairly polarizing, but um, every Star Wars movie I think that's going to come out will be polarizing to some extent. But that movie was largely positive, especially for Disney. So you bring back a guy like J.J. Abrams, and that's the that's clearly the message that they're trying to send. Yeah, I mean they're going with the safe pick, but that's kind of part of the course for Disney Lucasfilm. Um, and it, in this article, they talked about how Abrams has a close relationship with uh, Bob Iger, uh, which I mean I hope he I hope he does because he's a huge name in Hollywood and Bob Iger's also a huge name in Hollywood and they're both working together on this movie like I would I mean typically I'd be like I don't know if I want like my director to have that close of a relationship with the CEO of the company if the CEO isn't hands on like I'd rather JD Abrams have a close relationship with Kathleen Kennedy than I would Bob Iger but at the same time like J.J. Abrams is a bigger name than Kathleen Kennedy is, so it's not like that's not it's not surprising in, in that regard. Like if this were Taika Waititi, and I heard that he had a, he has a close relationship with Bob Iger, I wouldn't I mean, it wouldn't be like a negative. It would just be weird. It'd just be a why, you know, how? <laughs> but you know, J.J. Abrams is a little more of a hot commodity, which was kind of it's kind of the the theme of the article. Because they talked about how Abrams right now is trying to secure a exclusive deal with some with one of these production one of these studios, uh, some sort of production deal that would like encompass all different types of media, movies, television, video games, uh, the whole nine yards. Uh, he wants to jump into the into that realm and. That's also interesting, Shamari, because obviously, obviously Disney, the Variety reports that Disney was is right now in pole position. But what if Netflix signs J.J. Abrams? What if Universal signs J.J. Abrams? The idea with Universal is that they're close; they have a very close relationship with Steven Spielberg, who acts as J.J. Abrams' mentor. So would he sign with Universal? And now, what does Lucasfilm do? Because J.J. Abrams right now is kind of their their you know, protective blanket, kind of like their cushion. If things go wrong, we just go back to J.J. Abrams and he'll fix everything. But how would that affect the future of Star Wars? And vice versa, what if he what if they do sign him long term? Does that mean that now all the you know most of the Star Wars properties will have J.J. Abrams as a producer or a director? Yeah, I mean it's uh, um. It is that is an interesting uh, proposition. I don't know. Um, I I don't know like why. I don't know. I guess maybe I just have to see what the uh, how exactly this deal what this deal is that he's that he would be offered. I'm not sure why he's trying to box himself into one company. That's kind of confusing me. I mean, again, it depends. Of course, it, it, you add enough zeros, <laughs> you right, know. Yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> I mean, if he's just like, "Yo, add enough zeros," 
and I will just be devoted to your company specifically. But like otherwise, I'd be like, I mean, he has his own production company. He can make movies with whoever he wants and make as much money as he wants. You know, I don't know why he would want to box himself in like that. Um, you know, it's it's still a little bizarre to me. But I mean, I don't know. It, you know, it's his life. He runs his uh, production company, Bad Robot. Um, um, you know, it's him and his uh, spouses, their whole their company, and they do. I guess they do whatever they want with that. Um, they help. They're helping they're, right now. They're helping with. Uh, they're working on TV shows. Like they worked, helped uh, work on Cat, the show Castle Rock that's on Hulu. Um, uh, Abrams worked on that. I mean, Abrams works on plenty of things. So it's it's, it's strange that he's just trying to box himself into this one uh, movie studio. I don't know. I'm not sure why he's doing it. Uh, it's very random. But you know, if that's you know if that's what he wants to do, I think it's good for. I think it would be. I don't think Disney should be or Lucasfilm should be using him as a safety blanket. I don't think that's wise. Um, not that JJ isn't talented, but I think just relying on him like that, you know, um, uh, I, I just I don't. I think they should look for. I mean, if they're gonna go this route of we're not gonna have a George Lucas, we're just gonna have a bunch of directors. Get a bunch of directors. Don't just fall back to JJ. You know. Um, when people start having issues with what what is being made, make sure the movies are good. Make sure listen to what the fans want. <laughs> you know, like go actually go and listen to what fans are saying. You know, don't just you know, oh this guy had an interesting pitch, or this guy, you know, uh, I I don't know I don't know what <laughs> what exactly that is their metric is for just determining what. Uh, movies are being made, but whatever they're doing, it's not working. They need to just start listening to what the people are saying. Get an get a get a Gareth Edwards, you know, or someone else to work on a movie with an interesting, innovative idea, and you know, may just throw a crazy budget at it and see what happens. You know, this is a. Uh... Slightly off topic, but when you were throwing, when you throw out the name Gareth Edwards, I just started thinking about uh, Lord and Miller and Solo, and it just reminded me how much of a shame it was that that they couldn't make it work with Lucasfilm after seeing that when we were at Comic Con after seeing that Spider Verse movie, mm-hmm. um, like that was I mean that was way better than anything that was way better than Solo obviously. I mean, we only saw 30 minutes of already way better than Solo. Right. But, um, yeah, it just reminded me, like, like they can't do anything. Like, I mean, they're never going to work with Lucasfilm ever again, likely, and probably won't work with Disney anytime soon. So, um, it's just unfortunate because clearly those guys are talented. But that was an idea. That was a, as you were, t- as you were talking about, that's an example of them being creative with, trying to find different creators yeah exactly um so i mean we'll see i mean we'll see what happens with episode nine um uh i just want uh, oh what, what i'll ask because mm-hmm. i obviously shamar you're someone you weren't you weren't like super high on the force awakens mm-hmm. and jj abrams job right and you weren't even super high on the idea of him coming back for episode nine. Right. So if I, if I told you that 
J.J. Abrams can, he'll sign, he's going to do this deal with somebody. He can either do it with Disney and we get more J.J. Abrams involved in Star Wars going forward, or he does it with another company and we have no more J.J. Abrams in Star Wars. What would concern you more? Um, I mean, I guess J.J. signing on, signing on with Disney, neither of those necessarily concerns me. Um, really? Cause I, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think JJ's a bad director. You know, I think he's a very, t- I think he's a very talented guy. I think he has good ideas. I think he, he is a star Wars fan. And I think he knows how to make a good movie. Um, I mean, I think the force awakens is a good movie. It has problems for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of them having to deal with, uh, you know, the plot seeming to have been, you know, recycled. Or, but I, I've gone over that, you know, a million times. And uh, some of that stuff, I think, may have even been out of his hands. I think they kind of knew what they wanted from that movie. <laughs> right. Uh, already. Um, but um, I think he's talented. I don't think him being involved, like, say he produced the movie. You know, but didn't direct it. I'd be happy with that. I mean, I think the guy knows how to make a good movie. The Force Awakens looked spectacular. Um, yeah. And I, I was extremely impressed with what he was able to do with it. Um, so I'm not, I don't have a problem with him being involved. Um, I think relying on him completely is a problem. Um, uh, so I guess just uh, I think it would be better if they were to move on from him. Completely, so I I would prefer that, um, but I I think the best case scenario is he still comes on and helps out with whatever project he can. That's the best case scenario for me. Um, it's not that he's completely removed, or that like he's some kind of pariah that just needs to go away. I think that he they need to use him in moderation, you know, but know yeah. that he's there. <laughs> Yeah, only that's like because like this this power move by J.J. Abrams suggests that he doesn't want it in moderation. Like he wants either you're gonna use me all the time or you're gonna use me none of the time. I'm I I, I wonder about this report, man, and I I don't mean to question Variety. You know, they're they're <laughs> saying new generation. We got better sources. <laughs> I, I just I just wonder because this is so odd. Like I, I, I wouldn't have thought J.J. Abrams would be like this. You know, someone is just like, "Listen, you lock me down, or I, I'm gonna be locked down with somebody else." Like, why would he? Why would he make that ultimatum? Like, I don't. Now, what's interesting? I, I, I think this is less about. I feel like from what I from what I gather, that this is less about him wanting to just like have some sort of exclusive deal with a company for movies as much as it is like he wants to apparently he wants to get involved in theme parks and music and digital content like he wants the whole nine yard like i said before like i think almost that is what's more important to him than like he wants to add i think it's one of the things where as a creative mind he feels like he wants to be able to do other things besides do movies and he wants to get paid to do those things by somebody um but the phrase they use is he wants a quote supernova size deal. So and it includes, like I said, television, films, digital content, music, 
music, games, consumer products, and opportunities at theme parks. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if that's, you know, I mean, I feel like, I feel like he, um, I don't know why he can't do that stuff already. I mean, I think, I think his name is big enough that, um, he should be able to, uh, do that stuff, um, without locking down with, with a specific, with a specific company. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's J.J. Abrams, you know, he made, he directed Star Wars The Force Awakens. Yeah, um, Star Trek. Star Trek, the Star Trek franchise. I mean, and that's also what's confusing about this is, that, I mean, he doesn't have, he's not tied into any of these properties, like any of those type of franchises. But like, like you say, you do limit yourself. Like, if you sign with Disney, no more Star Trek movies, or if you sign with Universal, no more Star Wars movies. Like, that's something that he would want to do. Is that even financially responsible? I mean, if somebody's paying you $2 billion, I don't know what the, the number would be, but that sounds <laughs> that, like... Is that George maybe. Lucas $8 billion Netflix deal? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's trying, to, he's trying to get the George Lucas deal at some point. Um, $8 billion. That number, it's like just... It's small enough to where you feel like it's possible, but like it's so large when you think about it. Like, why would he give one man $8 billion? Netflix is like, please save us. Like what? Oh my goodness, man! It's yeah. Unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, we'll see what happens with JJ. I mean, this is a, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, this is an interesting story. Um, I, I I'm skeptical. Not that variety sources are bad, but this just seems like a, this is a bizarre decision to me. If 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 or either not that the sources are bad, but maybe. Aspects are being exaggerated or just um, are being uh, overplayed or underplayed. I feel like something is missing here. Um, I feel like there's more to that story than than what we know. Um, but all right, so we have we've got a couple more stories for you guys. So there's a rumor going around, um, and this is coming from Mr. Sunday Movies YouTuber um, podcaster uh, like us. Um, uh, very uh, a very funny guy um, knows people he is saying that Matt Smith who we know is in episode 9 we've been hearing for a long time that he's been he's in episode 9 that he is playing a young Sheev uh, Palpatine now um, this is a very interesting idea um, I uh, I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna do this. I'll be honest. I don't know if they're gonna do this. <laughs> I don't know. This is, this is coming out of nowhere. A young Palpatine in Episode Nine. What What is going on in Episode Nine where a young Palpatine <laughs> is just showing up? That's my question. Yeah. You know they're gonna show Plagueis too. You know, like what is a a young Palpatine is showing up in Episode Nine? For what? What is happening in episode? Like, I'm just trying to imagine what scenario. So Palpatine is going to show up. He's going to be young. Is he going to be what? Like talking to Snoke? Why are they showing Snoke again? What, who is he talking to? Who is young Palpatine talking to 
that's where it's relevant in episode so Ray and Kylo Ren and everyone in episode nine. I mean, that's that's so long ago. That's pre episode one. You know, like what is happening then? That is relevant to episode nine. It's it's very bizarre. It's very strange. Um, I mean, it it would be cool because that means this movie is going like it's like super meta. They're going way back. <laughs> uh, you know, people want you know prequels. You're talking prequel references. This is pre prequel references. You know, this is like going way back. This is for the super sweaties showing a young Palpatine. Like, so yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. Um, I don't know if I believe. This. I don't know if I believe this. This would be almost unbelievable. Uh, but what do you think about this, Kendall? Yeah, I mean, it, it. The question I would have is like, like you said, in what capacity would Emperor Palpatine show up in Episode Nine in a young in a young form? Like, I don't. I, I don't personally. I think there's a. I think we got to take this obviously with a with a pretty large grain of salt, but. I don't think that he got this out of nowhere. He claims that he knows somebody close to production. I'm sure he does. And that person telling him Matt Smith is playing a young Palpatine. My just my question, I believe what Mr. Sunday's movie is saying. My question is just why where would that even fit in the movie? Um we've gotten I feel like we had word or there may have been rumors in the past that Palpatine may play a role in episode nine. Um, I think wasn't there talk that Ian McDermott might be back uh, to play him in episode 9 I wasn't sure if that was a thing or not but I feel like this isn't the first time we've heard Palpatine's name uh, attached to the movie but like in what capacity again would this guy play a role in a flashback assuming it would be a flashback in episode 9 um if it's one, if and my other question is, look, is this a couple of scenes? Because if it's a couple of scenes, which is what I would think, one, why would they make a big deal out of Matt Smith being casted? Exactly. And two, why wouldn't? I mean, Ian McDermott's not dead. You could use the de aging technology that they've used in the past. Mm-hmm. That would probably be more. It, it, it honestly might be cheaper if <laughs> if uh, if you don't want to pay another actor. To play the role, and it, it's probably like it's more. It would be better in terms of nostalgia, if and just in terms of hype, if we saw a young Ian McDermott rather than just casting Matt Smith as Palpatine, and make people more understand what's actually happening. Uh, so that suggests that this is maybe a large role. If this actually is Matt Smith, if because uh, you can't, I would imagine you can't have Ian McDermott you know, de-aged for, you know, 20 minutes of the movie. You could, but that would cost a lot. But so if you're casting Matt Smith as Palpatine, that would suggest that we're going to get a good amount of young Palpatine. And where would that even fit in the movie? So that's my only question that kind of raises some eyebrows as to what the veracity of this report. But, um, I mean, I hope it's true because that would be pretty crazy. Uh, and that would blow a lot of people away. Yeah, that would be crazy. And, I mean, the only thing I can think of is if the whole Ray Palpatine theory is true. But, yeah, that's I mean, true. I mean, 
I mean, even in that scenario, I mean, I, I mean, like you were saying, he would have to be in the movie for a pretty good amount of time. And I mean, showing young Palpatine. Um, I mean, so I guess they're gonna, were you going to show Ray's uh, one of Ray's parents as a, a child? I mean, that's the only thing that I can think of. Um, if that is how they're, uh, that's how they're going to do the whole young Palpatine thing. Um, yeah, that. I mean, either that or like, like we, like you mentioned, they might be flashing back to him and Snoke. Maybe Snoke gives Plagueis for after all, and it's a flashback of him killing Plagueis, who's actually Snoke, who's actually alive, who then dies and then actually is alive. Or I don't know something. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they they can do whatever they want with canon, so who knows. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, I mean, it could be, you know, it could be, um, I know Plagueis was immune, but Snoke is not immune. Um, but I don't know if that's still canon or if that's legends at this point. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, who knows? Um, who knows at this point, but that would be bizarre, but I don't expect Disney to want to do all that. Also, I had also heard... Christian Harloff was was saying apparently that he had also heard that Palpatine was going to play a role in episode nine. Maybe that's where I had heard it from, but where I, where I mentioned that I had heard like other rumblings that Palpatine was supposed to be in episode nine. But yeah, apparently Christian Harloff from Collider is also saying that Palpatine might be in episode nine. So hmm. take that for what it's worth. All right, so we're hearing Palpatine may play a role in Episode Nine. Um, uh, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Uh, so we'll be following this story, of course. All right, moving right along. So we've got uh, some. We're hearing things about Richard E. Grant. So Richard E. Grant, um, our favorite Grand Admiral Thrawn, <laughs> according to many people on the internet. Uh, spoke a little bit about his uh, interview, or not his interview, his audition. Um, for um, uh, the role, whatever role he was playing in episode nine, he said he sent in a, an audition tape. Now, on this tape, um, uh, he uh, basically um, uh, he uh, did some work within an interrogation scene. He said it was kind of like a 1940s uh, British B movie. Um, now that sounds very interrogation scene sounds very Star Wars. It sounds very, um, sounds very first order, you know. Um, and Richard E. Grant, especially considering the role that he's played in uh, um, uh, in Game of Thrones as well, um, he could easily play that role easily. Um, so I, <laughs> you know, I they probably saw him in, saw him in Game of Thrones and were like, yeah, we need this guy to play this role. Um, Logan as well, huh? Logan as well. Yeah, and in Logan, you know, um, so I think I definitely think that um, I definitely think that's what they're going for with him, and I think he's a perfect fit for that role. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think the screams for his order, uh, scream Star Wars, probably scream Star Wars a little too much, but yeah, yeah, I'd imagine that uh, this means that he will be your cookie cutter first order operative. I mean, hopefully not an operative. Well, I mean, 
he'll I mean he'll be somebody. Um I don't know if he'll be a grand admiral, but hopefully at least an admiral. <laughs> yeah. Uh but we'll we'll see uh you know, we'll see how he goes. I mean, he's a spectacular actor. So regardless, I'm looking forward to seeing him in the movie. Um uh so we've got some Battlefront news as well. So um uh we're hearing that uh Padme Amidala, as well as Ahsoka Tano, may be entering Battlefront 2 in 2019, which is um, uh, pretty big news. Uh, though I think it's kind of dampered by the by the rollout of Grievous, if I'm being completely honest with you. Uh, the the rollout of General Grievous has been so um, uh, it's been so uh, I, I have to say it's been extremely underwhelming. Um, and I think that's the, the main reason for it, for that. Um, well, uh, well, there's a few reasons. One of them being that there was almost no marketing for this rollout. Well, I, honestly, not even almost. There was basically no marketing for this rollout. They released a concept art, and that was just it until release, until the day he came out. And then they had gameplay out of him. But, I mean, that's not how you market it in a new character. And he cost a uh, he cost a bajillion credits to get. I spent all my credits getting him. Now, mind you, I play the game occasionally, so I don't really have that many credits. Um, but the, the DLC characters, if they're quote unquote free DLC, they shouldn't cost so much. You know, they're not free. <laughs> um, you know, don't call them free because they're not free. They're gonna cost. It's gonna be in-game currency. You have to have enough in-game currency to purchase these characters because it is a purchase you're spending something you're spending a lot of your time <laughs> or or your money if you just want to pay pay to play um since they're adopting that model now um so yeah that's kind of how that's going so if padme and ahsoka make it into the game we know what kind of we know what's going to happen um with that and hopefully they'll they'll give us some idea of how of what playing with the character is going to be like uh, before it's actually released, because um, they did not do that with Grievous, and on top of that, getting to play as Grievous is super hard. Everyone's trying to play as Grievous. If you have enough um, points in a match to play as Grievous, you just have to sit there and wait, because usually by the time you get enough, it's max number of heroes or villains in play. Wait. And then it will open up for a second and Grievous will be available. And then someone else picked him. And it's just, it's impossible. It's almost impossible uh, to get picked as Grievous. Or you, you just have to play with the sole purpose of trying to play as General Grievous. Which, who wants to play like that? You know, so it's it's extremely frustrating. And who wants to play for five hours trying to get a chance to play as General Grievous? I mean, the matches in that game aren't super short. I mean, it, of course, it depends on what mode you're playing in. But the matches are not super short. And who wants to be burning their console for however many hours um, playing the game? And people have other things to do. If you have a job, you have other things to do in your life. You know, how long are you really going to spend trying to play as Grievous? It's very irritating. It's very annoying. They didn't do this properly. I'm very frustrated with it. Uh, but I don't know. How do you feel about it, Kendall? Yeah, I mean... This this came from like a uh, like a leak or 
some data mining, you know, these people, they can find a bunch of stuff on the, you can find a bunch of stuff just by having these files and stuff, but uh, it said Ahsoka and Padme uh, as, uh, along with the list of the rest of the characters that have already been confirmed, uh, Anakin, Obi-Wan, a bunch of them. Um, we're getting Obi-Wan next, and then it's, I believe, Anakin, obviously, so then you would think it would be Padme and Ahsoka after that. Uh, but what is also kind of, if this is true, that those are the next two characters, heroes after Obi-Wan and Anakin, it would also likely mean that we're also going to get two more villains to coincide with Padme and Ahsoka. Um, who those guys are, who those villains are, we don't know. I mean, my guess it would be you could probably do either Jango Fett or Cad Bane with Padme, and it'd probably be Asajj Ventress with Ahsoka. Um, and you can even do the Ahsoka and Ahsoka Asajj Ventress rollout uh, with the. You can kind of coincide it with the premiere of or the return of Clone Wars if they did something like that. So. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing that this is true. Uh, I'm thinking that I don't know what kind of future Battlefront really has, so I don't think that they wanted to save these characters for a third one. They like put them all in this one. Um, I think that's best for probably best for business. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, Honestly, I just hope this rollout, the rollout for these characters is much better than the other ones. Um, I mean, Dice, of Corner Reports, isn't in such great shape right now, so um. Uh, at this point, I'm just hoping they can at least get these characters out. <laughs> if this is what they really plan to do. Um. All right. So uh, let's talk about Star Wars Resistance. Um. So uh, we had a new episode of Star Wars Resistance this week. This one, I believe, was called "The Children of Tahar." Yes. And um, uh, I enjoyed this episode. It seems we're getting more and more episodes where. Kaz is doing things that are relevant and uh, we're getting closer and closer to finding out um, what the First Order is doing on um, uh, the Colossus and what Captain Doza is about and what his aims are. He's still very mysterious but I feel like we're getting somewhere. I feel like we're making progress and um, uh, the First Order made an appearance again in this episode and um, uh, Kylo Ren was name dropped. Yo, when they say Kylo Ren, I was like, "Whoa!" I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting. Yeah, oh, my you antennas know. were kind of down, and they they perked up real quick. <laughs> I was like, oh, "Okay, oh, and then oh, and then he he he'll never stop." When they said he'll never stop hunting us, I was like, "Oh, oh God, who is it? What is it, some bounty hunter?" Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> I'm like, "Who is it, some Dengar?" Fake Dengar or something. His uh, name was Vizago. You know? Like, <laughs> like, Hondo will never stop hunting us. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, okay. Ha <laughs> 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 ha, You know, but like, but yeah, man, Kylo Ren. So yeah, that's pretty crazy. You know, I think he's going to make an appearance. If they're name dropping him already. Yeah, 100%. They have to. Yeah, he's going to make an appearance at some point. So that's not that's only do they have to do it. Like I think it, 
honestly, I think they're doing this, and it helps them sell. It helps them to sell toys. You have a Kylo Ren appearance. Oh, that that definitely helps. Um, so yeah, I'm that that got me very excited. Um, and Phasma makes another appearance in the hologram, of course, but she makes an appearance nonetheless. Um, uh, and the the episode itself was decent. You know, uh, Niku wasn't that bad. Um, uh, Kaz wasn't that bad, though he's still as bumbling as ever. Um, <laughs> Yeager made an appearance for like two seconds. Though so I'm glad I he forgot wasn't. He, I didn't realize he was in the episode. Yeah, he's in the episode. He was like, oh, don't don't break the thing or you're going to have to buy it or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, so I'm just glad he wasn't yelling at Cass talking about how incompetent he is. Like, uh, I mean, and, like, I was just getting tired of that. I'm just like, all right, all right, we get it. You're, you're mad that Cass isn't as coordinated as he should be. <laughs> you know, like, that's just the character that they made him. But, um, you know, but the episode was good. Um, I like the new creatures that they they introduced. I'd never heard of that species before. Um, those turtle creatures. Um, the name is the name is escaping me. But um, uh, regardless, I thought the episode was great. Um, uh, again, Niku was not annoying in this episode. Thought he was good, a good uh, side character. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I look forward to f- hopefully finding out more about. Um, this Tahar planet. So apparently, it's in the unknown regions. Yeah, that was, that was the other part that kind of raised my eyebrows a little bit. Yeah, so we're getting more. more <laughs> the only, my only problem with that name drop with the unknown regions was it, it sounded so like it sounded like I was watching like something like I was playing like some like kids program from like for in like first grade. It was like, oh, that planet I've never heard of it. Must be in the unknown region. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, yeah. I was, I was like, was oh, like, all right, Filoni. Just like that. Filoni just put it in there just to name drop it. I'm like, all right. Yeah, right. Like, and I don't know, just because the guy sounded so, like, goofy. Like, yeah, he did sound goofy. He sounded kind of like, um, almost like uh, the Gruff the Crime Dog or something. Yeah, exactly. Must be in the unknown regions. It's like, geez, man, like, come on. Yeah, you know? guys like, seriously. Yeah, he sounded very, very goofy. But either way, it was cool seeing him in the show. You know, yeah, because we know he's one of the pilots. Um, but yeah, so that was uh, it was cool. It was cool. I'm glad Kaz is starting to get some stuff done. He's getting closer and closer to the first order. Um, so I enjoyed this episode. Um, uh, yeah. So this was a good episode. So, what do you think about it, Kendall? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a very good episode. Um, I, I wonder what the deal is with those kids. You know, what right, the yeah. story? I imagine we'll get more of that story of what happened or why they're being hunted or whatever. Um, and then I, I'm also kind of digging this Captain Doza conspiracy. You know, I mentioned it last week that that an interesting plot subplot that they're trying to set up and they're continuing to kind of hit that you know it's kind of a double agent or something we don't know yet but um i'm interested to see where that where it goes with that character things go with that character but uh yeah yeah i think this was a strong episode like you mentioned the the kylo ren name drop the unknown regions being mentioned 
Um, it's still a slow burn to getting like important, but if this show, I think this show is gonna pick up really. I honestly, I think this show is gonna be end up being very similar to Rebels, where it's gonna start off a, a huge drag, but I think if you stick, you can stick onto it even past this season. I think it, this show might really pick up because the agree. way it's. The way they're t- they're telling the story, it's, I mean, honestly, one the show is very similar to Rebels. Like, I don't have a problem with it, but some people may watch this and be like, "This is just like Star Wars Rebels. It's very similar." But regardless, it they're they're the way they're timing the show, the way they're pacing the show, rather, it reminds me of Rebels in the sense that it's going to start out with this kid, he's kind of he's not important at all, but kind of doing things, but. I imagine by the end of the season, he'll probably be like almost a full-fledged Resistance member. And if not the end of the season, at some point in the series, he's going to be a full-fledged Resistance member. And when that happens, similar to Rebels, he'll be facing facing off against Kylo Ren at times. He'll run into Kylo Ren. He'll run into Phasma a lot. Like, And then the show will be like, oh, you got to watch it. This kid's like going head-to-head with Kylo Ren. It'll be kind of stupid, <laughs> but like <laughs> if you're going ahead with Kyler Red, you're gonna have to watch it. So that's how I feel like they're gonna pace this show. But you just got to get past the origin, so to speak. Of oh yeah, he's passing along information to Poe Dameron from afar as a resistance spy. Right. Yeah, I mean, I see, I, I see the same thing happening. You know, first season is gonna be a lull, but I think it's gonna pick up by the second season for sure. Um. And one thing that's also good is that we're we're probably going to get more canon characters. They're already name dropping yeah. Kylo Ren, and we've seen Phasma already. Leia's coming up. We already know Leia's coming. We've gotten Poe Dameron already. Leia's coming. We've gotten Poe. We're probably going to get more Poe at some point. Um, and I mean, and these are characters where we like we don't um, like we don't know what they're going to do, and these are still characters that are very new to us. So there's a lot that we could still learn about these characters. So, so yeah, I think, and, and it's an era that we're completely unfamiliar with, um, or that we we know very very little about. So, um, even though I don't I don't think we should know very little, but that's another discussion. Um, but yeah, we still know very little about this era. So I feel like it's just, it. it I mean, this is this has the potential to be um, extremely entertaining and chock full of really awesome information. Um, and just cool scenes as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, uh, just really briefly wanted to touch on something. So we were also hearing that Clone Wars was canceled um, by Disney because it was, uh, quote, getting really graphic. This is coming from Daniel Logan, who was, was the uh, voice actor of Boba Fett in the show. Um, and, uh, yeah, he basically just said that, yeah, Disney canceled it. Um, he said, I, th- I think it was getting... Uh, a little too graphic actually it was getting really graphic <laughs> uh so that's uh uh kind of from mr logan himself um uh i don't know that's not very encouraging <laughs> um and uh i mean and i don't know i don't need a star wars show to be very graphic for me to enjoy it uh rebels wasn't that graphic um, I mean, he showed it had a death in it. It had a, a couple deaths. Um, 
but Clone Wars was kind of on another level um, of graphic. Honestly, it just was. I didn't hate it. In fact, I liked it. I thought it was very. It, was, it got very raw at times, but um, but it was definitely graphic. You know, they didn't they didn't hide in showing um, you know people getting killed, uh, you know, and and people being enslaved, and, you know, and things like that. They didn't hide that. It's like yes, this exists in the galaxy. Um, so. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I can see why Disney, you know, the mouse would be like, no, I don't want this to be a part of, <laughs> to be a part of what we show. Um, but it's not a very good omen for, uh, future Star Wars content. Yeah. Um, I mean, this isn't, this is kind of like one of those things where it's like, you know, he's telling the secret that everyone kind of knows. Yeah, um, basically. <laughs> they didn't want the show to be too dark. When it got too dark, they felt like they had to pull the plug. Um, I wonder what that means for the return of Clone Wars. If this guy's, I mean, if he's openly admitting that it got too graphic, but they are bringing it back, does this mean that its return will be like a little, like similar to Young Justice when it came with it, with it coming back? Like it's going to be a little bit darker because anyone that's sticking onto it at this point is probably older, probably watching it. And we're upset that they got rid of it because it was too dark. So I do wonder if they will maybe move, push the envelope a little bit more in its return. Um, and let's say there is a future for new episodes, completely new episodes to be made. Will that be even darker? I mean, those are questions that have to be asked. But uh, in tying this into Resistance, I feel like I do think Resistance will get darker as well. I think this episode we saw this week was much darker than the episode that we've seen in the past. All right. But I think Resistance will also be like Rebels in that sense that once we get farther into the series, the tone of the show will be more serious at times. I mean, Rebels also, even in seasons two, three, and four, had plenty of episodes where it was like, I mean... Uh, a three-year-old can watch this and enjoy it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yep. But I mean, like, so <laughs> I feel like there will be moments like that in Resistance. But I do think that there will be also moments uh, in episodes where it's like, you know, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't show this to a three-year-old. They probably wouldn't enjoy it. It's a little too deep or a little too dark. But yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. This isn't really a huge secret. I don't think, or it wasn't a huge surprise from what uh. <laughs> from what we kind of had assumed happened with with Clone Wars. I do think we probably didn't assume that, like, that's why they pulled the plug. It just kind of was a product of the show running its course. But um, if that is why they pulled the plug, that's pretty unfortunate. Yeah, it is. Um, it's also not, not super surprising. So, um, so yeah, now we know. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, they can have gotten past that. Um, you know, they're bringing it back, so they they understand that the fans really, really, really want it, and they know now with the reception uh, from the announcement that it's coming back. Hopefully, now make them second guess that and be, oh, maybe we should <laughs> um, still still have people working on this show. Um, uh, but we'll you know we'll see what happens with that. Um, of course, uh, if, uh, the Clone Wars comes back, we will be reviewing that, 
um, weekly. Um, and when I say if it comes back, I mean if it comes back beyond the season that we already know is coming out. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that happens. Uh, but all right, so that'll do it for this uh, podcast. Uh, nothing regarding any, any books or comics this week, uh, but uh, we may have some stuff uh, regarding that next week. Um, we'll, of course, be reviewing more Star Wars Resistance. And um, any news, of course, that drops uh, uh, that is Star Wars related, um, we will uh, be covering. We will try to cover uh, whatever we can on this podcast um, as long as it is uh, not completely baseless. <laughs> but all right, so that'll do it for this episode. Uh, so I'm Shamari going back in. We will see you guys next time. Peace.